0: You're listening to the Serial Podcast production of Hidden Things, written and read by Doyce Testerman. This is Episode 11, brought to you by Kickstarter backer, Joanne Testerman. The street was quiet. By Vicus's reckoning, it was at least four hours past midnight. They stood in the street itself, near the curb, directly in front of Calliope's jeep. Vicus looked first at the front grill of the vehicle, then at Calliope. Calliope was looking only at the grill. Her eyes looked through and far past the vehicle with the same expression of blank apathy that they'd had since the two of them had left Gluon's office 30 minutes ago. They'd been standing in front of the jeep for a quarter of an hour. It's getting late, Vycus said for the third time. We should get going. He watched his companion, gnawing on his cigar. Calliope. She pulled her keys from the pocket of her jacket and held them out to him. She didn't look at him or give him time to react, and they fell from her hand to the pavement with a small clash of metal on metal on pavement. Drive for me. She walked to the passenger side of the vehicle. Vicus followed her with his eyes. Finally, he bent and retrieved the keys, unlocked the doors, and started up the vehicle. Where to? he asked once the motor was running. Home. Calliope stared blankly through the front windshield as they drove, hunched slightly forward against a cold Vicus couldn't feel. A silent hour later, he pulled into Calliope's empty driveway. There were no other cars there or on the street. He turned off the engine... Relaxed into the seat and waited. Calliope continued to stare into the distance far beyond the garage door they faced. I want to kill him, she finally said. Her voice was quiet in the small cab of the vehicle at the darkest hour of the night. Gluin? Vicus said. Calliope didn't respond, but turned her head toward him and met his gaze. Vicus looked away first. He's a messenger. Yeah. Calliope said. And you're the guide. Vicus became very still. After a few moments, Calliope reached over and retrieved her keys, then opened her door and got out, standing in the opening. Get out of my car. Come back at noon. He looked at her. You blaming me for this? Her eyes finally focused on him, but instead of replying, she turned and walked to the front door of her house. Fair enough, he said to himself once she had gone inside. He climbed out of the jeep, pulled up the sweatshirt hood that concealed his face from the nearest streetlight, and walked away. The light from the hallway fell across Calliope's bed, glistening on the old photographs scattered across the comforter, mixed with letters and notes and folded music scores. Numb with exhaustion and the meeting with gluen. Calliope simply stood in the darkness of the room, staring at the scattered mess for several minutes, unable to process what to do next. Finally, she shuffled to the side of the bed, and pawed everything together as well as she could, lowered herself to her knees, and gathered the pile into both hands, turning and aligning the mass like someone straightening out a deck of oversized cards. It occurred to her that the reason the box had been such a disorganized mess when she'd opened it was because she'd done pretty much the same thing the last time she'd put it away, rather than sort things into any kind of order. She managed to fit everything back into the box on the second attempt. This time, rather than the apartment note, the top item on the pile was a picture of Josh, driving. Afternoon sunlight lit up his face, shone on two days' worth of stubble on his cheeks. He was smiling. Of course. Calliope looked at the picture, her face as still and expressionless as it had been since she'd left Gluin's office. She reached for the lid, let her hand drop back to her lap, then reached out again and strapped it back in place, moving quickly. As soon as the box was closed, she shoved it and its companion under the bed in a rush, her eyes averted. The knot band stuff box hung up on the frame, and she had to push it harder, almost punch it, trying to get it to move. Finally, she did punch it to get it to slide underneath, once, then again to finish the job. The frame left a gouge in the top of the lid. She sat back on her heels, kneeling in the slice of light from the hallway, her eyes squeezed shut, her breath coming much harder than the effort had warranted. I think we ought to take a trip. Mm. The sound was a half-groan, half-growl. Her fist lashed out, thumping into the side of the mattress. Then again, again, the strikes sped up both fists, flailing at the bed as a wordless, rage-filled scream built up behind grindingly clenched teeth, tears spilling down her face. The attack came and went like a summer storm. First the flurry, then a sudden cessation punctuated with a few final strikes. Her hands dropped into her lap, their knuckles red and abraded. Calliope looked down at them, squeezed her eyes shut, and let her head fall forward until it rested on the edge of the bed. The keys scrape and rattle against the outside of the apartment door, accompanied by a muffled laugh and giggling. After several tries, the bolt finally opens, and Josh stumbles through, off balance more because Calliope is trying to climb onto his back than because he is drunk. Which isn't to say he's sober. Far, far from it. It's been a good night. He drops his keys on the floor, his legs spread wide to catch his balance. Calliope, still hanging from his shoulders, makes another lunge upward. The motion pushes him a half step forward, but he catches himself, then reaches around and hitches her higher, hooking his arms under her knees. They freeze, in shock that they've finally achieved the position they've been attempting for two blocks and three flights of stairs. Then Josh kicks backward at the door, knocking it closed and almost sending them both crashing to the floor. Calliope lets out an abrupt laugh and kisses his ear. Strong work, White. Damn right, he mutters. He lifts his head for a moment, sights in on the futon, and begins a slow stagger across the room. Very talented group, he punctuates each step with a word as he crosses the room. Label, very interested. Calliope gives him a squeeze that threatens to cut off his air. He coughs and takes the last few steps. Where's your demo? He overbalances towards the futon, falling like a chopped tree with a shrieking squirrel on its back. Josh turns to face Calliope where she lies. Hi. Hello, she waggles her eyebrows. Kiss me. He does so. Calliope can feel him smiling against her lips. It's a good night. It's a very good night, she agrees. Down deep in a part of her that whispers about not getting hopes up, there is a bitter seed of doubt but she squeezes it away, pushing it down as far as she can. You okay? Josh asks. He pushes his head back, his face faintly shadowed. Calliope realizes she's been shaking her head. She smiles, nuzzling into his neck to hide her face. He pulls back again, trying to catch her eyes. Yeah? The fear wells up, coming at her from another angle. If he picks up on her mood, he might think she doubts everything that happened tonight and it will be another fight about all the old things. That thought turns her fear into a self-disgusted kind of anger, and she looks up at him, her eyes bright with forced good cheer. Yeah. You know what? He blinks at her mood shift, but his smile creeps back. What? I think we ought to take a trip. He looks at her, searching her eyes, then tilts his head as though he hadn't heard her from all of two inches away. You mean... Calliope nods, biting her lower lip hard enough to make her eyes water. Josh misreads it as a happy emotion. Yes! He kisses her hard and leaps off the futon, swaying only slightly. Tonight! We can leave tonight! I'll pack! His puppy enthusiasm makes her laugh despite her misgivings. How about the morning, baby? He shakes his head. I don't want to give you time to change your mind. A second later, his own words sink in and he stops. I... Just said that out loud, didn't I? Calliope pushes herself to a sitting position, and he kneels to meet her halfway. It's okay. She cups the side of his neck and strokes his cheek with her thumb. I'm not going to change my mind. She kisses him. Promise. Okay. He leans into her. They stay that way as the cheap plastic clock on the wall ticks off second after long second. But I'm still going to pack, he whispers. She laughs again, quieter this time. Fine. She throws herself back on the futon. Come take advantage of me when you're done. He looks back at her from the doorway to the bedroom. Yeah? She rests her forearm over her eyes. Oh, yeah. I'll hurry, he murmurs, and leaves her smiling. Nice place. Calliope starts awake. She is still on the futon. The bedroom doorway is dark. The apartment is cold. A lean silhouette stands at the front door. I'm sorry to wake you up, Calliope, but we need to talk. Calliope sits up, scanning the room, trying to get her bearings, trying to remember what is going on, where she is, where... Where's Josh? Special Agent Walker sucks air past his teeth, grimacing. Bad question, Miss Jenkins. Not something you want to get into with me. He leans against the refrigerator. Anyway, I'm really here to ask you things, not the other way around. Calliope shakes her head, trying to clear it. What? Another question I'm not going to answer right now. Walker sucks at his teeth, popping his tongue against the roof of his mouth. Let me try. Where's the fat man? Calliope blinks, leaning back, her shoulders tense. Excuse me? Glue in, Miss Jenkins. Walker's voice grows rough. The fat man. I'd like to have a talk with him. I don't. How about this? Walker cuts in. You tell me I leave. A light comes on in the bedroom. And you can get back to your regularly scheduled programming. The light shifts, pushing back the cold in the room. Josh is... Clip-y squints at the light, trying to remember. Josh is... Calliope turns back to Walker, her eyes gone hard. Josh is dead. Walker's eyes go wide, and everything goes dark. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hidden Things Audiobook Podcast. This DRM-free production was made possible by the Hidden Things audiobook Kickstarter backers and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 license. As always, watch out for the Hidden Things.